Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 77 with Amanda Smith of Dallas Girl Gang. She had me on her podcast first and we had a really solid conversation. That's the Dallas Girl Gang podcast. And we basically kind of pick up where we left off into this conversation. We talked a lot about community over competition. We talked a lot about imposter syndrome, about the creative industry, about what it means to really network effectively, which she's all about. I'm all about. That was great. So I think you're really going to enjoy the episode. We get quite fired up in this episode. So um, grab your popcorn because it is a good spill the tea kind of industry uh, vent session, if you will. If you liked this episode, feel free to screenshot, put it on your stories, tag us. We'd love to see it. And don't forget to rate and review. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have Amanda today of Dallas Girl Gang. Welcome to the pod. What's up? Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, you guys got us on a fired up kind of week, and we're going to get into it on all fronts. (laughs) And I was just a guest on your podcast. So tell me a little bit about yourself for the people that don't know you, of course, and then kind of maybe recap for us what we discussed so that we can link it in the show notes and people can go check that one out as the part one of this interview. It is a part one. Uh, And that just came out last week. We're recording on the last week of April. So uh, I'm Amanda Smith. I am the CEO and founder of Dallas Girl Gang here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Don't live in Dallas anymore. I live, we moved out to the country. Thank God. Um, We were getting a little tired of the city. I was a music elementary teacher for seven years. That was a weird way of saying that. I'm married. I've been with my husband for 10 years. We've been married for seven years. I will be 30 very soon. Uh, getting pumped for that. And we have a dog. Her name is Mia and she's a little Havanese and I love her to pieces and currently very obsessed with this Johnny Depp trial. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. We first started talking about that. Of course. Uh, we're both avid podcasters. Like we talked about on your podcast, we talked about podcasts being a wonderful chance to really open doors with people that you just want to talk to, which is a lot about how I got started, but tell us how you started your podcast. Yeah. So, and then I'll kind of share what we talked about last time. Um, So the Girl Gang podcast in 2017, is that's when I started my business, Dallas Girl Gang. Started out of a Facebook group, started hosting events and gathering people together. And then I wanted to create another way that was another form of content, another medium platform. So 2018, after we hosted our first, I say conference, it turned into a conference. It was like a one night um, event summit situation. And I realized I love, cause I moderated a panel at that event and, and spoke a little bit and I was like, love talking <laughs> and podcasts were becoming a big thing. And I realized let's just do it. Like, why not? I have so many people I want to learn from and I want other people to know their story because I know it, but other people don't. Um, and so we started the girl gang podcast 2018 and took a, a hiatus um, end of 2021 because I was just burned out. And honestly, I was super bored. It sounded like every other 
quote unquote girl boss podcast, which mm-hmm. made me want to barf. Yeah. Boink. And <laughs> we're just gonna be like ah, on every, ah. every every term that is that makes us now cringe that we once embraced <laughs> in that era, right? Yes. Yeah. Ugh. And uh and I was like, well, it's not like this content is bad. It's not like these people are bad. They're wonderful people. But I think for me, I grew as an interviewer and I really learned I mean, I'm I'm driving all the content. So I need to be the one to produce the conversation I want to produce. Not like I'm trying to be misleading or anything like that, but in a good way, really starting to focus on now that we're we're back, honest conversations instead of the cookie cutter five tips to do blah da da bullshit or, you know. I'm a millionaire. You can be too. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm super sick of that stuff. Uh, so you and I talked uh, a couple of weeks ago and really had a good honest conversation about where you started your business and then a little bit about, about mine, but um, not everybody has the same day one or the same opportunity or, or whatever. I actually think of it like this in, as an educator, they, they use this analogy of, there are two kids trying to, I don't even know what it is. In my mind, I think they're trying to hop a fence. I don't think that's actually hop what it is. Or run a race, right? Yeah, or run a is race. Is a race and, analogy? Uh-huh. Let's say race. And one kid starts at the start line. Mm-hmm. And the other kid gets to start, I don't know, 20 meters ahead. So they're both running the same race. The race is still both difficult challenging for them you know they both gotta finish and and beat a record or whatever but they don't have the same position that's kind of what you and i started to talk about um amongst a lot of other things of about honest branding and honest marketing and just telling the truth and being yourself as cliche as that sounds well and it comes comes up because we're all sick of this era of social media marketing that feels very showy and very like glamorized and very aspirational. And we don't often get a look behind the curtain. So I love Mm -hmm. that you went there with that conversation. It's taken a lot of unlearning on my part because saying that you have privilege or saying that you got a head start or you had opportunities or my family's entrepreneurial, or I started in college, like yeah, that's right. impressive, but I didn't start my business in college to make a full-time income. I started as like, no. this is a fun thing to do on the side and make money at. Sure. And acknowledging that and reminding people who are young or who are in my comment section or who are supporting themselves on a full-time income on their first year of business, you're in a totally different starting point than I was. And like yep. your workload is probably going to be way more difficult. And listening to me on that and I can give you the best advice in the world, but I'm still coming from my own perspective of, yeah, I started with like a pretty good head start. doesn't negate the fact yeah. that I did the work, but we have to acknowledge that as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny. We have some friends that moved back here from Arkansas. My husband and I went to a small school in Arkansas. That's where we met. And, um, we were meeting up with them as they moved back here just like a few weeks ago. And we were talking about something and it came up that when Zach and I were dating in college, I didn't realize like how broke he was because he was, he had been on his own since he was like 15. Wow. Like he, he had a ton of grants. He, he'll explain it like this. He, he got scholarships and grants because that's how poor they were or, or whatever. That's how he says it. 
And so he was paying for the rest of it. He had like three jobs, almost all of college. And and when we were dating, he just kind of kept it from me to just yeah. like take me places or make me dinner or whatever. And I didn't really ask or think of it. And so we were talking to our friends and uh, my other friend was like, I didn't realize like you, that you were scraping by in college. And Zach was like, yeah, like you wouldn't like, we all had the same experience, but we did not have the same experience. Like mm-hmm. I was, you guys weren't worried about, do I have gas money? You know, can I go home this weekend? Or can I go out to this thing on a trip with my friends this weekend on spring break or whatever? I was, I was always like, do I, I don't know if I have enough money for rent next month or whatever. Um, And it's just, it's interesting because you never know someone's story circumstances. Exactly. And I think that that's where when businesses start, right, there's a big difference between, um, you know, saying you're a hundred percent self-funded, which I am, but also like, what does that even mean if I was living at home and my parents were helping me pay for gas? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not really like, this is why people have problems with Kylie Jenner calling herself like the first self-made billionaire. Right. Because would she have had the influence if not for keeping up, if not for Kim, if not for pop culture, if not for e-network. All of her opportunities. Right. So we have to consider that as well. That doesn't make it not an impressive feat, but it also like, let's credit that back to, let's look at the whole picture. Let's look at the whole thing holistically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Just wanted to recap that. Definitely go check out the episode on on your podcast um, that I'm on. And we talk about that kind of in depth. And we also talk about kind of some other things of like, now we've been in business long enough that I think business owners, once you kind of hit that five, six, seven, eight year mark, you start to commiserate with other business owners on like a whole host of things that like we're saying, (laughs) don't necessarily get, make it to social media, right? The hard decisions, the legal issues, the, the projects that go sideways, um, mm-hmm. the, the clients that give you a really hard time team managing team members, that can be a yeah. cool thing, right? Okay. Um, so almost in the spirit of, <laughs> I, I did a presentation a long time ago with fuck up nights. Do you know this? Did we talk about this no. on the podcast? No, okay, I don't so think so. Fuck up nights is a, like a franchise speaking opportunity where you get 10 slides and 20 minutes to tell a story of a failure. So instead of mm. celebrating everyone's success and like pat yourself on the back and like hurrah, hurrah, participation trophy, you have to get up and tell something that you absolutely fucked up and then what the lesson was. So not to completely put you on the spot because we did not no, talk about this it. before the episode, but maybe <laughs> we could each kind of trade some stories of things that like we didn't do well or that didn't go well or things that maybe um, we have like gripes with in our industry and kind of maybe get leave the listeners with some learning lessons here. Yes. So there's this company called Greenhouse, and it is a a corporate kind of HR and hiring and leadership company, if you will, um, for larger scale companies. But their founders wrote a book. I've worked with them on a couple of paid campaigns. The last campaign we did, I had to tell a bad, a negative story uh, of whether it was a mistake I made or whatever. So I was like, oh, this is challenging. And it was when I hired my first virtual assistant. I did not know the game. Uh, This was, I want to say, end of 2019 or early 2020. I definitely had her for a little while during the pandemic, the beginning of it. 
But in the campaign of, of content that I created, I, I shared like the red flags in hindsight. Um, I didn't know, right? You don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this too, as we kind of talk about, this is my opinion, but you have to lose your ego a little yeah. bit. You are, there's a difference between being confident and being delusional, just full of delusional, <laughs> yes, full of yourself. Uh-huh. And so you got to put that aside, especially mm-hmm. because you are going to fuck up and make bad decisions and spend too much money or hire the wrong person. So this person uh, reached out to me first. <laughs> Red flag number one. Sent, sent me a pitch, basically, and said, I do XYZ. I'm a virtual assistant. I'm looking for, you know, I love what you're doing. And honestly, the pitch was pretty good. Like, yeah, I was kind of impressed. And I said, well, let's let's talk about it. So we got on a call and I was like, well, do you require three month contract or like whatever? So we did it kind of month by month, which was good. And then at one point we did sign a three month, which was a mistake. And basically not much got done. Oof. She said she did, you know, I don't even remember what it was. Honestly, it was like three years ago. Email management, some social media, um, some pitching, some organization for like behind the scenes of our event planning and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it just, it went from, she like really performed. And then after a few weeks, just declined, just Oof. drop off roller coaster dive. Not much got done. I kept asking. She had excuses. And then this is how it ended. I did not fire her. She fired me. Wow. That's an interesting turn of events. She, and it wasn't like I was a bad uh, client, but she closed her business. Wow. Which happens? Because, and I asked her, oh, this is odd. Why? Because she had just started as well. It, It hadn't even been a year. Huh. And she said, well... I'm finding I'm I don't even know this was true, but her words, I'm finding I'm working so much and getting paid so little. I, I can't keep up with it all. But she named her prices, did she not? She did. Yeah. And this is also that's a whole other conversation. Like uh-huh, uh-huh. if you don't want to work for less pay, like you, you that's your fault. Mm-hmm. Like you determine your prices. Anyway, she was also she was doing like some part-time jobs. So virtual assistant stuff. She was also a dance teacher and wow. uh, something else or whatever. So she just went the a regular job route and closed up her business. So then that left me having paid hundreds well, at that point, over over $1,000 at that point. With no results. No results. Yeah. But I didn't know any better. Um, right. I just did this. I mean- I just did this really? recently. Tell yes. Me. Yes. I just did this recently because whenever I go live on TikTok, I get people ask me like, do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have a YouTube channel? And I am not a consumer of YouTube. So I have a really hard time jumping into things that I don't understand. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, protected me in business in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. But also like I'm a risk taker and I'm at the point now where my business can afford to outsource these kinds of things. So I said, sure. similar to you, like, okay, pitch me. If you want to run my YouTube channel, send me a pitch, send me some work samples. And we'll go mm-hmm. from there. And the girl that's just sent the pinch pitch, this is like nothing against her. She was amazing. She did awesome. My fuck up was that I didn't set clear enough expectations of what I wanted. And yeah. so I just said, yeah, run my YouTube channel. And then, and then we got videos back and I was like, 
oh no, this is not what I want. And I couldn't, I didn't have the vocabulary to describe to her why what she made was not what I was looking for. And then it was so low on the priority list that I had to go to her and be like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I do not have the bandwidth to help you get this going in a way that I think is going to be a good reflection of my brand. And that's on me. So I'm happy to like, she edited the videos and they're just kind of sitting in the drive right now. Um, And I just can't bring myself to get them onto YouTube because I'm like, well, if I'm going to do YouTube, I want to do it in a way that makes sense. Like, and I want to do it in a way that fits my brand and I want to be consistent about it. So there is this kind of like limiting beliefs thing going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the same reason why my email list, I think, could be doing so much better is because if I'm like, well, I'm a graphic designer. So if I'm going to be sending out an email, it's going to be the best looking email you've ever seen in your whole life. And if I'm going to make it so good, then there's so many graphics in there that the whole thing can't be text. So I should just make this all as a blog. And then I've neglected my blog. And then my blog, I'm like, well, if there's going to be a blog post, (laughs) then there needs to be good graphics in the blog because I don't want you to get the blog and have it be like eight sentences and be like, what kind of of blog post is this? So then I end up getting so into a spiral about the whole thing they just do nothing. And I'm like, yeah, well, we, I'll send we out one monthly newsletter and I'm like, oh, God, I guess. Um, but I know I'm leaving money on the table and I know it's because I haven't yeah. systemized the process and trusted people that I hired. I think that's such a big lesson to take away oh. here is like trusting people that you hire and having really, really clear terms of service. Like really write out, this is what I'm looking for for this compensation based on this scope of work, like let's revisit after you're done and then like bring it back up and then see where we can go from there. Um, But it's hard. It's hard to trust other people with your business. Well, and even before that, make sure they are a person you can trust. True. True. Like before you even do that. I think this was, this was not something I would necessarily say that I well, I do have a, a fault in, in one piece of this. We Our conference in 2019 was awesome. We had Jacqueline Johnson, CEO of Create and Cultivate. Well, she's mm-hmm. not CEO anymore. But um, she was our, our keynote speaker. I was over the moon that I landed that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, this was three years ago. And at the time, I was living in Dallas. Um, two, you know, a couple moved in across the hall at our apartment complex. Come to find out, she's from Austin. She's an event planner. We get along. We start talking. And I'm like, oh, I would love to have you help me because I'd always been doing everything by myself. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah. like, And I said, I was actually super clear. I said, I do not know what I can pay you because I was still – it was everything is up in the air. When you do a, a large event – I treat it like it's its own business, own brand. So totally. the budget, the staff, the marketing, sales, advertising, things like that. And so I said, I don't know when I can pay you. I don't know how many tickets we're going to sell. I don't know what sponsors we're going to get. But I will tell you, it will be something. It mm-hmm. might be $500. It might be $2,200. I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about that? And she said, Honestly, I'm just trying to build my network here in Dallas. I I really want to work with you. Great. So we worked together for four to five months. I would say four. And my fault was I didn't draw us up a contract. Ooh, girl. 
between the two of us. Yeah. You must. We must have contracts. We have to. For everything. Uh, And again, exactly. (laughs) And this is why I practically yell at clients, people Uh watching my content, have Uh a fucking contract. Uh Um, And so, you know, we just have these conversations. I said, how do you feel about that? Whatever. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if we had some kind of like really simple, I so-and-so agree, I so-and-so agree, sign, sign. I don't remember. Hmm. But now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if we did. But it wasn't clear enough. I don't know. Long story short, we do the event. You know, it's awesome. Great. Whatever. She's basically running the whole show so I can like be the host, right? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dressed up. I'm not running around carry bo- carrying boxes and setting up food. Like I'm on. And we, I said, it takes a while for ticket sales to finalize, process, end up in my bank account, right? And I said, I'll let you know once everything's done. We see each other because she lives across the hall. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple weeks later, uh, there were some refunds on something. So again, it takes a long time for, especially with like Eventbrite or anything like that. We weren't using that at the time, but uh she ended up sending me a $5,000 invoice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, first of all, why didn't you just knock on my door? Yes. Yes. Sec- you know, I've, I've seen you in the last week or so. Uh, and as you recall, I told you, I don't know what I'll be able to pay you. Right. And I, and I think there was a number I threw around towards the end of like, Hey, I think I'll at least be able to do, I don't know, $500 or something like that. And so there's a big discrepancy between 500 and 5,000. Exactly. (laughs) Especially for someone who's looking to build their portfolio. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so then we had this, she never would come see me face to face. I was like, you live across the hall. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we lose sight of the, that the other person's human. Like not yeah. to, we don't have to be assholes about it, but there's this Brene no. Brown, I believe it's Brene Brown yes. quote floating all around TikTok. That's like clarity is kind. Being clear with people and being yes. really precise is the nicest thing you can do because you're setting yourself up for yes. expectations. And my mom's always said clients only get upset because of missed expectations. So if you're the person that can like nip it in the bud, something's going south, something is delayed, project is going sideways, they don't like something. If you can get to it before they can Mm -hmm. be upset and say, hey, noticing this, here's what's going on, here's our options, that's the nicest thing you can do, especially in social media management, marketing, brand design, anything that we're both doing. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. And especially when it comes to Dun, 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 community over competition. Tell me what you think about this phrase that we have literally apparently tattooed on all of our foreheads since like 2017. In your experience, because you run a community, but you also yeah. run a business. Where yes. is the line between you're a member of my community and I want to support you and you're a competitor and I'm at the end of the day, I'm running a business. Where has that like played out, come up, expressed mm-hmm. itself, reared its ugly horns. Like where has that mm-hmm. happened within Dallas Girl Gang? Maybe without, you don't have to go into specifics, but 
maybe even break down that phrase, what it means to you then versus what it means to you now. Well, first of all, I feel like, I don't know which one it is. I think Jacqueline Johnson actually coined the phrase collaboration over competition. True, true. Uh, And then I feel like Natalie Frank with Rising Tide Mm -hmm. uh, and Honeybook and stuff, community over competition. Something like that. It makes sense. Yeah. I'll say with that that situation, first of all, yes, I we should have had a contract. Both of us totally. should have made that happen. But then she also wanted to like go prospect those people. And at that point, I decided – so this is one example. Uh, she was an event planner. She sure. mainly did weddings and then corporate stuff. That's not my thing. I am not a service provider of an event planner uh, that will like a, a day of coordinator on site with you. I'm not, I'm not a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of in that situation, it was a pick your battle moment. And I, I didn't like let her take all my contacts or whatever, but part of the situation, I just let it go. Mm-hmm. I was like, this should not be threatening to me. Mm-hmm. Not what I do. It's fine. Um, but within Dallas girl gang, you know, Dallas Girl Gang itself is is the DBA that it is under my LLC. Um, you know, we have our trademark, You Can Sit With Us, which is actually our trademark that we own. And I'll tell you, like, it's tricky when it comes to copyright, trademark, stuff like yes. that. Um, yes. Especially with common phrases like girl gang or... Girl um, gang, girl boss, community, community bo- first, blah, blah. babe, blah, blah. Anything that's pink and starts yeah. with a B. CEO, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so first of all, do your research. Um, amen. Amen. Have an attorney that you can build a relationship with that, I mean, hell, if you have an attorney you have a good relationship with that, that won't bill you hours, like, that's nice. Yeah. Because um, most people are like, okay, I worked on this for 30 minutes and here's your invoice. And I'm like, shit. Um, but, you know, we've had several times where, and here's the biggest problem, is confusion amongst brands yes because several times what's happened is someone sees an event or someone using some kind of content they screenshot it they send it to me and they're like is this you guys and i'm like nope don't know who that is jennifer who you know mm-hmm. i have no idea who that is so then i have to investigate and see are they using our trademark are they using our logo our let my likeness are they using our phrases whatever and if it was a trademark issue, I would send it to my attorney. Um, but there was an event that someone was hosting. This was 2019-ish, end of 2019, called You Can Sit With Us. And they put the trademark nope. symbol next to it. No. Uh-uh. And, and I was like, uh-uh. and look, people, you can't just do that. You can't just put the copyright symbol next to something if, if you, you don't, don't have the damn the copyright. copyright. Exactly. Absolutely. And so when I reached out, same kind of um, situation we were talking about a moment ago. I reached out and I said, hey, this is our legal trademark. I'm going to refer you to my attorney. Um, I'd really appreciate if you change the name of the event because it's very confusing. People are screenshotting it, sending it to me. I don't want people to think that that is my brand because it's not. Right. Right. And her response was, wow, I really thought you were a community over competition kind of person. That's not what that phrase means. No. That's not what it means. So let's talk about it. And so I said, look, 
first of all, I'm not going to justify myself, even though then I probably tried to because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little more insecure um, being several years ago. But I said, it's a brand thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, bitch, I hate you. No, and it's not personal. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not mad that. at you and I'm not upset. I'm just frustrated that I'm the frustrated. hard work is is getting the hard work being called out on taking a shortcut is come then the retort back to that is well that's not the nice like girly girl thing to do that's, that's not like that's what that's yeah because we're running businesses we're not yeah, running this isn't not like personal. your sorority theme like this isn't your right. like this isn't just like a regular <laughs> um, this is my birthday party name like no this no. is a for-profit business i'm building a brand i have been building a brand and the reason guys i'm getting so fired up about it is because this has now happened like to me for the second time and i especially gets under my skin when it's people from within my own in group so if you follow me, yeah. you're a member of my group and you create a podcast with a similar name and you're going after guests that I've already had on my podcast and like that's going to bug me because now you're not only coming for for my community, but you're undercutting my hard work, my podcast manager's hard work, my Your team's team. hard work, the brand that I've built for the last eight years. And you, I didn't even get a courtesy of a heads up. I didn't even yeah. get a courtesy of a like, hey, I've benefited from what you've built for free for three, four, five, six, seven plus years. And now I'm going to offer something that is a competitive product Pretty to yours. Pretty much the same. Yeah. That's a and problem. Say, it's a big problem. I, I'll, I've had a couple of, excuse me, really good conversations with people over the years of people approaching me saying, hey, I really... I want to build a community like this. I admire what you're doing. Let I am you. so fascinated. I, I want to learn. You know, I'm thinking about calling it XYZ. And if it's a little similar, like if you're using Girl Gang or, you know, you're trying to use the same kind of trademark or something, then I'm like, hey, you're asking. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say, hey, right. actually, I'm going to challenge you. Where did you come up with that? Yeah. Does that actually resonate with you? What about you and your own individual right. unique experiences as a person, the past jobs you've had, the the expertise that you hold, the skills you have? Let's think about some other things. The way you carry yourself, the the benefits that you bring to your clients or your community, yeah. the the your own personal energy. And I know that a lot of us are similar and that's like both beautiful and also very discouraging because who's to say Mm -hmm. that any idea is original, right? Mm -hmm. Who's to say that calling my group kiss my aesthetic is original, but it was, I crowdsourced it. I freaking went to another Facebook group I was in. I was like, Hey, my brand is MKW Creative Co. And I really want to come up with a name that's has a K in it. That's a Facebook group. That's like a little bit sassy. And like, I Mm. used like pulled the group and someone who commented on it came up with the name Kiss My Aesthetic. And I was like, oh I love yeah, it. like I'm running with that. But when I go onto Amazon and find that somebody's been printing t-shirts with the logo of Kiss My Aesthetic on it, we're going to have a problem. <gasps> yeah, we're going to have, have a problem. problem. Especially yeah. I own the trademark. Like, and you don't want to be that person that has a reputation mm-hmm. for like legally attacking people. But no. with the within the in-group of this community which I hate to say that we're in, right? All being on the internet, all offering similar yeah. services. This, like in the podcast example, she's also a brand designer. Like this is yeah. becoming a problem. And and again, like I want to be your number one cheerleader and you can talk to anyone I've collaborated with and they'll say, I am so not a gatekeep person. I am You're a not. share, share, overshare, 
You want to see my pitch email I sent to a brand? Here, here's a screenshot. You want to see how I did this? Here, let me show you behind the scenes. Absolutely. Because like, I really believe in sharing resources. I don't believe in like blatantly copying people. Right. And I think especially over the years too, like there is a line to every, every time someone brings up gatekeeping, I I think to myself, am I doing that? Because I, first of all, I don't want to be that person, but also I like people pay me money to consult them or coach them in some of that stuff. So if it's crossing a line of like, Hey, can you share your brand pitch contacts with me? No, I'm not going to do that. Pick your brain. Can I pick your brain? Brain. Yeah, right. You know, which is totally look, I get it. And here's the thing. Some some people that are especially like super green in business, you don't know what you don't know. Some people don't know that that's like kind of not appropriate, you know, or but there is a great way as the business owner to approach it. It's not personal, it's business. Say, hey, I would love to work with you. I would love to help you. This is what I do for a living. I actually help people do this all the time. My process looks like this. Is that what you're looking for? Yes. And there's a difference between two different kinds of DMs, right? There's a DM that's like, hey, I want to do what you're doing. Can I pick your brain? Versus, hi, I've followed you for this long. I've listened to every episode of your podcast. I've read all of your blog. I'm curious how you do specifically XYZ for ABCB thing. Because I noticed that you haven't answered that yet. If you have the time, I would love if you could give me some advice. That I'm way more prompted to answer the second than the first. I cut you off. Sorry, you were going to say something. No. No, I, I appreciate it too. It's like, um, when were we talking about this? If someone pitches us and says, hey, I would love to collaborate. I yeah. I don't, uh, what do you need? What's your name? Do you have a business? What do you want? Like, like literally, I just want to say, yeah, what do you want from me? Not in a bad way, but like, what are yeah. you trying, what are you getting at? What are you um, getting at? Let's just be straight me. up. Yeah. Just tell me, just be honest. Like, I'm super straightforward. On the flip side, um, it's kind of off topic, but when I'm on a call with a potential brand partnership, mm-hmm. I will straight up ask. I will say, I love this. This sounds really good. What are you paying creators right now for campaigns like this? Love that. Straight up. And if there's crickets and they're like, oh, we could do affiliate, then I'm like, that is wonderful. That's not really what I do. So, right. you know, the rate for that would normally be this. Would that work? Right. Right. You know, just, just being honest. I think that is a big thing. And the Brene Brown thing you brought up is is super good. Being honest and being clear, even if it might like hurt someone's feelings or be a little uncomfortable, not hurt their feelings and like being a total douche about it. But you know, if it's uncomfortable, it's way better than moving again. Another example. Being a little bit uncomfortable is way better than being long-term misled. Yeah. And I, you know, I had a, a girl who reached out who wants to do coaching with me and she lives in a totally different state, different city, and wants to create a community like I have. And I, at first I was like, mm, that I thought about it and her foundation and her, her like draft of a mission right now is very unique to her. The name that she's already picked out, very unique to her. And I thought, I don't, this has no competition with me. I'm also not trying to build in that state right now. I would love to help her. Of you course. Know, she wa- of she course. wants to be a paying client. Like, of course. That makes sense. And she, and it was so wonderful because she did come to me and say, I've been following you. I've been watching you. I wanted to ask you first. 
Yes. Before. And that's on professionalism and respect. Professional respect. and respectful. Because Absolutely. you treat people the way you want to be treated. And even, great example, one-on-one days. I used to not offer yeah. one-on-one days. My really, really good work wife, Georgia, offers <laughs> designer days, TM, trademark, designer days. And she has every right to use designer day at anyone who's trying to use that, which like good on her for getting that. She talked me through, Michelle, you should offer this. And here's how I think you could offer it in a way that's different from me. And you could crush and, it. Yeah. And I was and like, branded amazing. For you. And she helped me in a way that every single time I talk about one-on-one days on the podcast, in the group, whatever, I'm sending people to her one-on-one day masterclass. And I said, exhibit A right here. Like this freaking works. And Georgia taught me everything I know. So go listen to her about it. And that Mm -hmm. dynamic is a symbiotic relationship that is mutually beneficial versus if I saw her doing one-on-one days and I perceived her to be successful and then I just launched one-on-one days and like didn't get her help from it, like- not to say I couldn't do it. There's lots of people that do, but I'm maintaining sure. a relationship here. I'm re- maintaining mm-hmm. a reputation and a relationship with Georgia where we're passing each other business. And if she yeah. actually genuinely helped me, then my success is her success and her success is my yeah. success. And that's the rising tide lifts all boats. And that's yes, community over competition. It's yes. not the, well, I'm in your community, so I should be able to do whatever I want. That's not what we're talking about. There's something I've been dying to tell you about, and it's something that I'm keeping on the hush-hush. So, like, don't tell everybody, okay? One of the things I notice with our brand design clients is that they go through the brand design process, and they get all their new logos, fonts, colors, patterns, icons, everything, and then they're not totally sure how they're supposed to be using them on social media. Enter the one-on-one Kiss My Assets Canva Sprint Day. I know that's a mouthful. Stay with me. Basically, this is a three-hour session with me that is part assets, part strategy, part clarity, and low-key Canva training on how to use all of your brand elements together to make templates that you can then DIY for your biz. So think post templates, stories, graphics, email graphics, anything that you are going to be making on a regular basis on behalf of your business, we can create them together in a three-hour sprint inside your Canva account. You can walk away with those templates right at the end of the session and put them straight to use. These can be booked on my website. There are only a limited number of spots per month to book the one-on-one day. And the link that you're going to want to look for is mkwcreative.co slash kissmyassets. That's mkwcreative.co slash kiss, K-I-S-S, my assets, A-S-S-E-T-S. Get it? Like social assets. Kiss my ass. You know, we're being funny. We're a little cheeky. Uh, But the plan here is to really create as much content for you as we possibly can so that you can go out there and DIY your brand in the best bragworthy version of what you envision for your business and really kind of get those clients rolling in. Check that out. Book it online. You can book it anytime. There are a limited number of spots per month. So if I were you, I'd get on it sooner rather than later. Back to the episode. I think here's where the root problem is. I love trying to get to the root yes. of things. The root problem, if someone is copying someone like this situation or that's happened to me or whatever, it's, again, as my therapist would say, it's a them problem. Of course. Uh, they are probably coming from a place of the following. Fear. Mm-hmm. They are coming from a desire to be popular. Mm-hmm. They are probably um, chasing money. They are probably chasing recognition. 
they are honestly, if this is not included, they're lying. Jealousy. Yeah. Instead of taking a moment, thinking, wow, that's awesome. Go, Michelle. I want to do something cool, too. Yep. What do I like? Right. What do I want to do? Right. You know, maybe there are some components, kind of like making TikTok content. You watch other people and their mannerisms and their formats and their styles, and you kind of take bits and pieces, right? But if you completely rip off every word, every movement, action, the music, and it happens all the time, then first of all, it's not original. So like you kind of shit the bed on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But second of all, that's not your content. You're completely copying someone else. Right. And it's so like, it's it's almost upsetting to me how I see other people doing this when it's like, are you that uncreative? Are you that unoriginal? And I think we both have like this desire for justice, right? Like we both have this desire for if I work hard at something, I want to be recognized for my hard work. And so if somebody comes in and scoops the thing that I worked hard on, the fear or the scarcity mindset that I'm finding myself trapped in, which really like on the whole, you guys, like this takes up less than 10% of my brain space. Like we're not worried about this, like Monday through Friday. And I told my team when this thing happened this week, I was like, listen, I'm going to be mad about it for two more hours. And then I'm going to talk to Amanda about it. And then I'm going to move on. And then I'm done. (laughs) And then I'm done because I'm, I can't be distracted by all the shit that's flying behind me. If I'm trying to go a million miles an hour in the positive direction. So like, Yes, protect yourself, protect your business. Don't like go blindly with these things, but know that the more successful you are, the more notoriety, reputation, experience that like this is unfortunately inevitable that someone will get someone who's in your watching your every move is going to try to like one, two step right behind you. And it's fine. But like I wanted, I think it comes from a place of like, I wanted to help you. Like I genuinely coming from a place of like, I, I wish there was an opportunity, an open door to help you. And instead I feel kind of like a little bit like in the back, like there's a little bit like, like I'm going to, instead of, you know, and so that's, that's, it makes me sad that that happens. And so for me, younger me would have like torn them, gotten in their DMs. I can't believe you. Like gotten ape shit. That's not a good reflection of my brand either. Everything can be screenshotted and everything can be shared. So there's advice in this scenario. Cool down take a breather, walk away, and then do the thing that's going to protect your business at the end of the day. Like, and so for me, that looks like, right. And for me, that looks like adding the little line at the bottom of my downloadables that says, um, please don't share this with anyone who hasn't purchased this training or workshop. Karma's a bitch, but I'm a bigger one. And it always gets like a funny ha ha because like so good karmic energy, (laughs) but also like if you're, if you're in my Facebook group and you're offering a competitive product, I have every right to kick you out of my group. Especially if it's a super ripoff. Exactly. That's that's why we have so with our Facebook group being like the big first the first thing that we started and and now right. it's like 30, 34,000 people, we approve every post that comes through. Yeah. You have to at that size. You have to. Some weeks it's like a thousand posts. So Allie, I love you if you're listening to this. Like, she's our Facebook manager. (laughs) Um, But also, at the end of each week, she (laughs) 
she screenshots like the most wild submissions she gets and it's super funny um she sends it to our team and we're like oh my gosh what last Mm -hmm. week it was about a sugar daddy so if that gives you that's fun any any inkling um but we one of our rules in our group is like this is not a place to just talk about yourself yes you need to go help other people You need to go like ask questions, ask for advice, ask for feedback, ask for recommendations. And on Wednesdays, we wear pink, but on Wednesdays, we give you an opportunity to talk about your business, to talk about what you have going on, promote yourself. But we're not, you're not going to come in here and promote because it's happened before. Other, you know, the DFW girl gang group that I told you about. So we're Dallas Girl Gang. Someone created a DFW Girl Gang in the last year or two. They try to like put their stuff in there. There's another um, group called – actually, no, I forget because I think they stopped doing stuff. But anyways, one thing I was going to say before we like maybe move on from this or mm-hmm. if you don't want to, I don't care. No, it's good. Is when stuff like this, this has happened to me in the past, yep, I would get super flustered. I would let it take up a lot of brain space. Um, but – now, when it happens, I still get that little twinge of anxiety of like, shit, yeah, I'm not again. But then I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of sad for them. And mm-hmm. is it actually affecting me? Right. No. Right. Or, or or figure it out and then move on. I have bigger fish to fry. Like, right. True. True. You know, I, I, do, I do want to be very unbothered by that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard though because, like, okay, imagine you're Sarah Blakely and Kim Kardashian launches Skims. She's upended the entire Spanx idea, right? Like, granted, she was probably wearing Spanx and she admits to that, I'm pretty sure. She's like, yeah, I was buying shapewear and cutting it up and making it fit my body. And then I noticed a gap in the market and I went for it. Like, welcome to capitalism, baby. Also, yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you see a gap in the market, fill it. And like, arguably, yeah. could could someone who's offering the competitive product or service to mine, like, mm-hmm. how many criteria do you have to change for it to be the difference between like plagiarism and right. a competitive offering? And that's also, the line that I don't really understand. Yeah. And I think that's more a question maybe for like an attorney, whatever. Totally. Totally. But <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I feel like an attorney this week because of all of this um Johnny deposition mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. on words there um yeah. I didn't come up without my husband did he would kill me if I took the credit yeah but is now I lost my train of thought because I just can't, can't stop thinking the, about Johnny Depp. The, I know the end of the day like it's annoying it's inevitable and like how you react and how you respond to it is how you're teaching your audience how to treat yeah. you back like with clients with community everything what I was going to, I remembered is I also think about, are they really a threat? True. <laughs> True. Unfortunately. And again, it's not personal. It's business. Are they actually a threat? Do they have a proven track record? Are they right. well known? Has this been around for a long time? Do they have a lot of funding? Do they have some, like a celebrity connection? Like, am I actually worried about it? Chances sure. are no. Sure. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I think that, again, we're just, it's going to be something that happens until people are educated otherwise. So I think of the early days with Instagram where we would post images that we found on Pinterest and like call it good and like wouldn't go back and credit the photographer and wouldn't go back and credit the model or the creator or yep. the person or Done the that. place or the thing. Like we all did that be- kind of because we didn't know better. 
That's but what now people were doing. we know better, right? So the images, right. in case anyone doesn't know, the images on Pinterest, according to Pinterest terms and conditions, belong to the intellectual property of the creator of the pin. If it is their content. If they're posting yes. somebody else's content, it doesn't belong to them. If you, you take a photo of your dog, put it on Pinterest, and you tag it to yourself, you own that image. So another mm-hmm. company that sells dog food cannot take the photo of your dog, slap a picture of their dog food on it, and say, oh, this person loves our dog food. That is illegal, literally. So that makes a lot of sense with imagery. Copy, kind of a gray area. Copywriting. Like if I go to your website and I find that you're using the exactly same tagline and exactly same phrasing for your services that I do then we're going to have a problem. And I've had to call people yeah. out on this too. Like Brandini, who else is using Brandini? Like, come on, mini brand Brandini. Like that's been, I've been saying that since like 2017. So if I go on your website yeah. and I find that you said Brandini, like we're going to have a problem. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of that stuff, but it's it's not even that it's like a shitty thing to do. It's just like bad business. It is bad business. I think that's why people are, the coaching industry is so like, swampy right now yep consumers are confused because everybody looks like each other yep i mean if i may be so bold uh especially all the white girls out here oh my gosh all of us white but like all of us yes the chic uh, i'm not even gonna talk about it again we talked about on our episode last time but the blazer champagne this you know loft in new york whatever yeah but like Consumers are fucking confused because it's homogeneous. Yeah. The phrasing, the copy, the types, even the styles of photos, the video behind the scenes, it all looks the same. same. Not all. I'm I'm exaggerating, but there are a lot of copycats. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also a, we're victims of our own consumption right? So like we perceive things to all be the same because we probably are attracted to sameness. That's just natural like human psychology. So same thing, like there's a million brand designers out there that are also in their twenties that also have a yellow dog and that also (laughs) post about their projects and sometimes cuss. Like there's so many of us and that's okay. Um, but I think that that's the part where it's like, again, like where are those lines? And I don't know. I don't really know. And, and it's the idea, like how some songs come on the radio that sound like other songs. It's because, you know, Miss Music, there's only a certain number of musical notes and there's only so many combinations of those notes. Of chord progressions. Through through all the course of human history, of course there's repeats. But that's why also sampling exists. I think of like Ice Ice Baby. Mm -hmm. Jack Harlow. You know. Glamorous. Fergie. Absolutely. All of these things like, but guess what? They ask permission. Yes. Like yep. they ask to sample the Mariah Carey, whatever, or, mm-hmm. you know, the, because look, if they just straight up used it, it, they would get their ass beat. Like it would be a problem. Um, right. And it has happened like that. Yeah. Anyway. And that's why people sue. Um, but I think that that's, again, there's some, there's this weird air or energy and we'll kind of maybe wrap it up at this is like, it seems like a uniquely female problem. Because I think that as women, being clear, being concise, being communicative in a if this, then that period, not heart, heart, wink face, love you, exo, that, 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 trying to like sugarcoat everything, that comes off as being bitchy when it really should just be 
direct. And being direct is attributed to like a male, masculine, very Mm -hmm. like testosterone way to run your business. And it can catch people off guard, especially people that are sweetsy, nicey, and don't know how to ask for things. It catches Mm -hmm. them off guard as like being bitchy. And that does not a bitch make. So you have permission to be clear and direct and clarity is kindness. In fact, you should be. That's what you should be. Yeah. So there is an... I like that we're talking about controversial, not controversial, totally, but there is a psychologist. Some people like him. Some people don't, but I like him. Dr. Jordan Peterson. He talks about agreeableness and being disagreeable. These are Mm -hmm. personality traits. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, women are more agreeable. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like exactly what you were just saying. Right. So when women have to be disagreeable, it is perceived as being bitchy. As a threat. And it's perceived as a threat. threat. As, wow, she's not nice. She's not a good person. I've gotten before, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Yeah, this is happening to me. Project much? Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to go to therapy. But, Uh um, and so he was talking about, he has a lot of clients who are like career women. They are like striving for a million dollar businesses or whatever. And he has talked about assertiveness training that he works on with them. And it does require you to be a little bit more what what is classified as quote unquote disagreeable. Again, I'm not a psychologist. This is just what I've learned in the last several months. But And it's very interesting because it doesn't mean that we have to... Again, it doesn't mean that we're being bitchy. And it doesn't mean you have to be aggressive. We are standing up for ourselves. We're not, we don't need to be aggressive, but assertive no. is in fact just fine. Like, right. you know, you're when right. you're in an, a disagreement with someone or an argument, you know, there are qualities where you could let yourself get walked all over, which I totally. used to be that person, or you could be completely aggressive. But the the meat in the middle is assertive of right. let me say how I feel, what I think, and be honest. And I think that's a business owner makes a CEO. Yeah, like absolutely. We have to because otherwise that is why women like us or business owners, or frankly, if we're talking about the differences like versus a man, that's why sometimes men like climb a little faster because they're not afraid to be a dick. Like and they yeah. may swing too far on one side. Totally. But like I just think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think clarity and I think I think that getting I see a lot, a lot of business owners that get very, very emotional yes. in a, that they they believe that their business is a reflection of them as a human. And I that's a hard lesson to learn. And it's taken me a long time because I put a lot of my self-worth, my affirmation, my mm-hmm. my sense of accomplishment comes from my business a lot. And that's a hard cycle to break. And it's fun when it's going great. Oh my gosh. When you're crushing your pressures, you're getting testimonials. Everyone on your team's happy. Everything's going great. Loads of followers, lots of comments. Woo. Top of the world. When it goes down, it's so easy to like get upset at yourself and feel less than when your work doesn't feel like it's up to the par that you, this crazy high expectation you've set for yourself. So yeah, it takes conscious effort 
but I've tried so hard to start to remove myself from my business and think of my business as a separate entity. It's its own organization. It's its own, Mm -hmm. with its own organs and its own function and its own likes and dislikes. And and Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of, I'm an appendage, but I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, I can't be the whole thing. Right. So I think that the sooner you can do that with your business and like you're in a relationship with your business, which I think we talked about on your podcast as well, but it cannot rule you and you cannot rule Mm -hmm. it because that's like, again, fast track to burnout, to imposter syndrome, to overwhelm, to feeling like when someone calls you out on something that it's a personal attack. It's not personal. This is like something else. And so if there's anything to take away from it, I think it's that kind of messaging is something I would have loved to hear like three, four years ago, probably. Same. You know, and it is emotional. Like, I mean, and yeah. I think men would tell you this too. Like, you know, as a business owner, like we could have all the confidence in the world, but like you're still going to have, I talk about the entrepreneurial roller coaster mm-hmm. quite a lot. And I used to let the pendulum swing and follow it and get crushed by it. And you just can't do that. You can't yeah. do that. You're you're worth well, you can, not tied you're gonna to have that. a miserable time. <laughs> or you can. And and it's not sustainable. It's not fun. You you will not be in business for no. a very long time. Like no. if we I, I wish I would have heard what you just said, but I also I also wish I would have heard that you are going to have slow seasons. Yes. You are going to like it's also it's okay if you don't meet your goals. Oh, I think there's also too. This is like a whole other conversation, but there's a lot of like set high goals, shoot for the moon, like, you know, let's, let's hit half a million dollars this year, blah, 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 blah. And then when you don't, you're absolutely crushed. You think you failed. You want to throw in the towel. Whoa, this Mm -hmm. is a bad cycle. Mm -hmm. Really struggled with that. Probably end of last year into the beginning of this year. Right. And I highly recommend that entrepreneurs have a therapist. I think everyone should go to therapy, but it's probably like, it's it's really good. Yeah. At the very least, like have a core four or five people that you can talk to blatantly. Like, and and again, like we talked about that on your podcast. Like I have my mom, I have my sister who are both business owners. I have my work friends that I can lean on. I have my friend friends that I can lean on. So there is so many, there's so many layers to it that are so complex that like really when you're at the bottom the good news is the more that you find yourself at the bottom of that pendulum, the better you get at getting yourself out. Oh yeah. Right. hundred percent. But that's not to say that like, there's not ever going to be a low again. Like, you know, it's going to be a low. Yeah, you it's need just, to, and it's you're okay. More equipped. You're more equipped to get yourself yeah. out. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I wish I would have been told it's okay to yep. have a slow time or a low or to make to fuck up or to make the wrong decision or, or to do something up. that flops or to create content that doesn't hit or to take on a project <laughs> that's outside your industry or to get yourself in so deep with a group project that you're like I don't like this then you learn me out. right yeah. yeah yeah we'll leave it with this my parents always told us this growing up everything is either a blessing or a lesson mm-hmm. everything every person every opportunity every day blessing mm-hmm. or a lesson and we we did not mm-hmm. grow up religious but like I love the word blessing because it comes from a place of like gratitude plus luck, sprinkle a little bit of chance and also like mental space blessing to yeah. see something as a blessing, sure. right? Versus yeah. a lesson. If everything's a blessing or a lesson, then nothing is truly negative because yeah. you got a lesson out of it. You still got something yeah. out of it. 
Like even if something went terribly, terribly wrong or terribly, terribly badly, you at least, at least you got a lesson. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. I, I did grow up in a, I wouldn't say religious, but like spiritual home. I don't like to use the word religion, but I, I grew up like in the church and everybody always said, everything happens for a reason. But, you know, there's all these church phrases, which is, again, a whole other conversation. But and I was like, what are they talking about? Like, I don't really get that. But I see it now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, things are going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. shit happens. And, you know, I, I kind of look at it like my relationship with my husband. We've been through a lot together. And then I look at my business and I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I look at my, like my business as a person. I'm like, we've been through a mm-hmm. lot together too. And I actually wouldn't have it any other way. I like lessons do need to be learned. If yeah. it's all panned to me, then it's not, not great. So true. Oh my gosh. We could talk forever. I, I'm dying to know if anyone knows like an anthropologist who could talk about like the mm. sociology of why we latch on to like terminology or phrases or in-group, out-group stuff. That's so fascinating to me. Dak Shepard? I know. I'm dying. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I would Hello. die. Mr. Shepard, Hello. do you have some Hello. time? <laughs> Hello. Um, armchair expert? Yeah. Minister Mouse, can we get Minister Mouse on the phone? Can we get Monica Patton on the phone? I would, I mean, yeah. And I think that that's why I keep coming back to their podcast and why I love hosting podcasts is like you can get into that kind of topic, that subject matter. And and every business, you're in the business of helping people and understanding people is such an asset and it's such an underrated asset. Um, Yeah. It's everything. So crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. So much to talk about. Well, thank you for talking me wow, off the ledge. Crazy. We got hot. We got heated. <laughs> crazy. You're Ooh, crazy girl. Sweaty. I'm sweating. No, it's it's good. hot. It's high. It's low. This episode is a roller coaster. You, you know you, you know. live in Texas when someone's just driving an ATV down the road. You know, I, mean, I mean, that's normal. Sure. Sure. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Of course, Amanda. Where can everyone find, follow, connect, work with you? We didn't even talk about your coaching stuff, which we probably should have. But give us like the little spiel and then where we can get in contact. Amanda's in Dallas is the handle on all the platforms. Uh, I'm loving TikTok right now. There's a viral video of my husband talking about fixing the lawnmower. Go enjoy that. It will probably hit a million views this next week. I don't know. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Dallas Girl Gang on all the platforms as well. The Girl Gang podcast comes out every Thursday. Michelle's episode just came out last week as we record this. Um, And I am a business coach consultant. We have a The Boss Vision Conference in the fall every year. That's coming. So excited. October 21. Uh, And I, I mean, if you're starting a business, scaling a business, and my background is event planning, um, working with a full-time job and a business, so big, mm-hmm. big hard thing and brand partnerships. I love totally. working with brands, creating content, sponsorships, things like that. I, yeah. Love yeah, it. That's pretty well, much thanks it. so much for coming on. Thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you go listen to my episode on the girl gang podcast and connect with Amanda and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. 
The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.